in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today, actually, we celebrate the resurrection of Lazarus from the dead. And after one week, we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. And actually, if we compare between these two resurrections, we will find many differences, but at least I will focus on two differences. The first one, that Lazarus did not rise by himself, but the Lord Jesus Christ rose him, raised him from, from the dead. But the Lord Jesus Christ, by the power of his divinity, he rose from the dead on the third day. The second difference, when Lazarus came out of the tomb, as you just heard, he was wrapped by grave clothes. But in the resurrection of Christ, he left the grave clothes in the tomb. And this has a very important significance. Because coming out with grave clothes means that he came with a mortal body. And exactly, Lazarus lived some years and then he died. But the Lord Jesus Christ did not rise with mortal body. That's why he did not come out raped with grave clothes. But he rose with glorified body. And he never died again. And he ascended into the heavens. That's why St. Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, he said the Lord Jesus Christ is the first fruit of the dead who uh, are raised. Why is the first fruit? The first one. Because even Lazarus or the daughter of Jairus or the son of the widow at the city of Nain, all these people rose or were raised from dead with mortal body and they died again. But the Lord Jesus Christ never died again. That's why he is the first one. And all of us in the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, we will be risen in uh, glorified bodies and we will never die again. That's why St. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the last enemy that will be defeated is death. The resurrection of Lazarus represent the life of repentance. A person who is dead by his sin, like how the father said about the prodigal son, my sin was dead and now he's alive. And Martha said to the Lord, there is a stench. This stench means the corruption of sinful life. But through the Lord Jesus Christ, through his power and his grace and his work in our life, we will be risen. Repentance is resurrection. And we can find the Holy Week lies between these two resurrections. The resurrection of Lazarus and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. And if we take the events between the two resurrections, this is our life on earth. Meaning what? Let us take the journey step by step. 
The first step actually is repenting and believing in the Lord of Jesus Christ. So if a person never heard about the Lord Jesus Christ, what is the first step in his journey? Repentance and believing in the Lord. You you know, uh, on the day of Pentecost, when they asked Peter, what should we do? He told them, repent and be baptized. So the first step after we meet the Lord Jesus Christ and we believe in him is to repent. Then what is the next step? Next step is to declare the Lord Jesus Christ as my king, my savior. This is actually the celebration of tomorrow. Hosanna Sunday. To accept the Lord to reign over you. Reigning over me means I submit to him. And I let him reign over every single area in my life. Nothing is excluded. And I will do every work according to his words. I will make every choice and every decision according to his will. And actually, if I accept the Lord as my king, I will be also a king, as we read in uh, the, the book of Revelation, that he made us kings and priests. Why we will be kings? Because we are the bride. And the bride of the king is the queen. So, when we let the Lord Jesus Christ reign over our life, we will be privileged to be his bride, to be kings and priests. His kingdom is the kingdom of righteousness. His kingdom is the kingdom of justice. We struggle here to find righteousness. We struggle here to find justice. But the kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ is the kingdom of grace, Kingdom of righteousness, kingdom of justice. So it is for our privilege to accept him as our king. Then what would he do? That is the following step. When he entered Jerusalem as a king, what was the first thing he did? He entered into the temple and purified the temple, cleansed the temple. And he told them, my house is a house of prayer to all people, and you make it den of thieves. So when I accept the Lord Jesus Christ as my king, the first thing he will do, he will purify and cleanse my heart and my soul and my body and my mind. As we say in the conclusion of every fraction, Purify our hearts, our minds, our thoughts, our understanding. So the presence of God, there is no fellowship between darkness and light. So just the presence of God in my life, he will purify me and cleanse my heart. But sometimes, after the Lord cleanses my heart and removes the dust and the dirt out, I go and collect them and bring them back to my heart. This is regression of repentance. Let the Lord purify your heart. 
Let the Lord cleanse your mind. Let the Lord purify your understanding. And don't bring the dust and the dirt back in your heart. He will remove them, but don't bring them back. And he will make your house, your temple, your body, yourself, a house of prayer, house of purity, and house of blessing. Then, what he would do next when I accept him as my heart, as my king? He actually cursed the fig tree because the fig tree had many, many leaves but no, no fruits. So the Lord actually will make me fruitful, not like the fig tree. He will make me bear the fruit of the Holy Spirit in my life. What, why actually any tree will not bring fruit? If there is dirt around it, if there is deadly grass around it, that's why he will purify the heart first. And when he will purify the heart, then I will bear the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Do you remember in the parable when the fig tree actually did not have any fruit and the Lord said, or the master of the vineyard said, let me cut it. And the vine dresser said to the Lord, leave it for more one year. We will dig around it. Dig around it to purify and to clean the area from any deadly grass. And we'll put some fertilizers so it will bear fruit. That's what the Lord will do. He will not make me like the cursed fig tree, but rather after purifying my heart, through his grace, he will bless me in order to bear the fruit of the Spirit in my life. Then, on, on Tuesday, the Lord actually spent the whole day in the temple preaching. The whole day. He said many parables around the kingdom of God. And he said two important discourses. One regarding the end of the world and the other one the woes to the scribes and Pharisees who lived in hypocrisy. So after the Lord actually cleans my heart and make me start to bear the fruit, he will open my ears to listen to his teaching. But we need to be not only listeners, but doers by the word of God. He will remove the leaven of hypocrisy from my heart. And he will make me ready to his second coming. And he will prepare me to be ready for his second coming to take me to the eternal wedding. So, as Isaiah said, he opened my ear to listen. So we will listen and will be enriched by the word of God. As St. Paul said, let the word of God dwell richly in you. After this on uh, Wednesday, we see a contrast 
between the woman who poured the fragrant oil and Judas who betrayed the Lord Jesus Christ you know, for 30 pieces of silver. So, but the person who repented like Lazarus and who accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as king and who accepted the Lord to clean and purify his heart and he started to bear the fruit of the Spirit in his life and to live by the teaching of Christ. He will be like Mary. He will pour his life in love to the Lord Jesus Christ. And as St. Paul said in his letter to the Corinthians, you are the fragrant of Christ. So the people actually will smell the fragrant of Christ through us. We will be the sweet aroma that testify to the Lord Jesus Christ to the whole world. You are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. That's why the Lord said about this lady, wherever the gospel is preached in the whole world, this will be mentioned as a memorial for her. And until now we speak about this woman who poured the fragrant oil on the Lord Jesus Christ. And everyone in the house smelled the sweet aroma. So everyone in the whole world will smell the sweet aroma of our love to the Lord Jesus Christ. Like when we see the martyrs who are shedding their blood for the name of Christ. Everyone in the world speak about this. This sweet aroma is spread in the whole world. And definitely will not be like Judas who betrayed the Lord Jesus Christ for 30 pieces of silver. This will lead to Covenant Thursday when the Lord gave us his body and his blood, the communion, the union with God, the intimate relationship with God, to be in him and he in us, abide in me and I in him. There is nothing better than this moment in which we partake of his body and his blood and will be one with him. He abides in us and we abide in him. And this actually is like the down payment. It's like the pledge about our ultimate union with him and the second coming of Christ. And this actually what the fathers speak about the term theosis. Theosis is the union with God here through the sacrament and hereafter through the full union with the Lord Jesus Christ in the wedding of the Lamb of, uh, of God. A person who went through this journey now, as St. Paul said in his letter to Philippians, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. So the person who went through this journey, who led the Lord Jesus Christ to be his king and purified his heart, bear the fruit of the Spirit, lived by the teaching of Christ, poured his life and love to the Lord Jesus Christ, and 
is now in complete union with Christ. So this union is participation, not only in his glory, but in his suffering. If we suffer with him, we'll be glorified with him. So this person will go with the Lord Jesus Christ to Gethsemane, where the Lord actually prayed in agony, and his sweat became like drops of, of blood. He will go with him uh, to Golgotha to be crucified with Christ. As St. Paul said, we are crucified with Christ. That it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So I am dead, I am crucified with Christ. And now it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Not only we will go with him to Golgotha and to Gethsemane, but also we will go with him to the tomb. As St. Paul said in Romans 6, we are buried with him. So, by the way, baptism is not an action that we did when we are baptized. Baptism is a life. Yes, it started when we are totally immersed in the water of baptism. But this means every day I die to the world and live to Christ. Every day I live this baptism. Every day I die to the world and I live to Christ. So this fellowship is not only a fellowship of Gethsemane and Golgotha, but also fellowship in his burial. We are buried with him in baptism. And the person who actually lived all this journey, definitely in the second coming of Christ, he will be risen into the resurrection of life. That is the feast of the glorious resurrection. And the glorious resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ is a pledge to us. As he rose from the dead, if we are in him, we'll be risen from the dead. If our mortal bodies is united with his glorified body, then as he rose from the dead and abolished the power of death in his body, we are the body of Christ. Then we will abolish the power of death and will be raised in the last day. As we read in John chapter 5, the hour is coming in which all those who in the graves will hear the voice of the Son of God. And those who have done good will be raised into the resurrection of life. And those who done evil will be raised into the resurrection of damnation. This is the journey of our life that actually we will live during this week. And I hope that each one of us lives this journey. And every day during this week, we reflect on the spiritual meaning of the event. What is the spiritual meaning of the entry of Jerusalem? We are not celebrating historical events. We are not celebrating historical events. But we are living every day. Jesus entered as a king to enter my Jerusalem, my heart as a king. Jesus purified the temple. He is purifying the temple of my heart. Jesus actually curses the fig tree. 
He will curse in me the trees that are fruitless in order to be fruitful by the Holy Spirit. His teaching actually is the life by which I live. And in response to this, I will do like Mary. I will pour my life and love toward him. And I will stay away from betrayal. And I will commune with him so I will abide in him and he abide in me. And that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. That is the journey of this week. I hope all of us that we can live day by day with the Lord Jesus Christ during this holy week. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen. Amen.